Alana. Elena. <laughs> Ricardo. Ricardo. Yeah. Alana. Jilo. Jilo. Heyman. Heyman. <laughs> yes. You are reading the Harry Potter books. Yes, I am. Where are you now in the series? Uh, I am now in the Order of the Phoenix, and specifically um, at the beginning of Chapter Seventeen. I have to re-listen to it again. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Because you were falling asleep last night when you were listening. Trying to. I kind of dozed off here and there, but I didn't really sleep very good. I slept for like almost two hours, just about. And I think I woke up around uh, one. And I don't even know when I went back to sleep or if I even went back to sleep. You don't even know if you went back to sleep. I, I think I may have a little bit, but it wasn't even enough Yeah. to sustain me. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised that I'm able to... Uh, talk, because huh. I'm not, I, I, I'm awake for, for now, but I know that when I get home, I'm going to, like, crash and burn. Wow. I don't want you to burn. No. But you can crash. Yeah. What do you think of the series? Well, first of all, what's been going on where you're at? Because chapter 17, it sounds good, but I don't really pay attention to <clears throat> chapter numbers. So, uh, there is this decree that um, Professor uh, Dolores Umbridge put together to where um, any, any Hogwarts student who is a part of a team or club or uh, organization is disbanded until, um, they have, um, un- until they have permission from her to reform again. So that also includes the Quidditch team. And uh, Angelina Johnson wasn't very happy about that. No. Because she is the uh, Quidditch captain now. No longer Oliver Wood. But it's, in fairness, it's called Harry Potter, not the Angelina Johnson book, so... Well, of course, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that won't make her any, any happier. What did you think mm-hmm. of the way the fourth book wrapped up? Oh, it was very sad. I mean, it was sad in that uh, Cedric uh, Diggory died in the way that he died, and how um, Harry was transported to Voldemort, uh, where Voldemort was in the graveyard. Uh, a, a very dark, very dark. Mm. Um, but uh, you really find out what kind of a friend Cedric was. He was very loyal towards Harry, and Harry was going to do whatever he could to save um, Cedric. And, um, you know, it was really sad that C- Cedric had to die in the process. In an interesting way, mm-hmm. this is it, this is kind of like... A Messiah type story, right? Mm-hmm. So we have we have Jesus, we have Moses, and not to say that you know Harry Potter is Jesus or Moses, but it is sort of the story of boy raised without his family. Thank you for the water. Yeah, I love doing that. Yeah, boy raised without his parents mm-hmm. comes of age. I guess in Jesus' case, he was raised with a mother. But. He, he was raised with a, a mother and, and Joseph, and who, who, took, who was his earthly father. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Yeah. I'm sure Joseph was a nice enough guy. <laughs> but no, it does remind you of Moses in a way. Right, but it's, it's also the story of, you know, he comes up through the system. He realizes that he has his powers to lead and do incredible things. Mm-hmm. And in book four, we get to see why he's so good. Because... 
he helps Cedric get through these tasks. Right. When Cedric needs his body returned, who does it? Harry could have just left yep. his body there. Yeah. He thought about the family. What does he do when he gets the money? He gives it to the family, but but his mother, Cedric's mom, wouldn't take it. No, but so he didn't just keep it. He gave right. it away to friends of his that he thought needed it. Yep. So he's sort of, you know, getting rid of his earthly possessions. And he put he put it aside so that other people could be happy with it. Do you see? A messiah similarity in the, in the story. I, well, Moses wasn't a messiah. Right, but this um, idea of, like, maybe we shouldn't use the word messiah, but, like, um, I, the the hero, right? Where we, right, yes. Know. Yeah, oh, 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 definitely. I mean, you really see how noble Harry is because um, uh, James Potter, his father, was a noble man, too, and his mother uh, sacrificed her life to save Harry. Um, you know, they were both killed in the process. Yep. And so, what does Harry do? He risks his life to save Cedric, Fleur, Hermione, and, uh, Fleur's... I'm sorry. He, he saves, he saves Cedric, he saves Hermione, or, was it Hermione? Victor, Ron, and Fleur's sister. Yep. Yeah. Victor, Ron, and Fleur's sister, and... He was about to save Hermione. Yes, he was about to save Hermione. But Victor saved her because she was tied to that um, that statue. Mm-hmm. So he was willing to go into the depths of the sea, even though he wasn't a good swimmer, and 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 take the gillyweed to to do to finish the task and to save those people. Why do you think this archetype of the hero is so <clears throat> compelling to us as readers, and not just this book, not just the Bible, but also to the Superman comics mm-hmm. and films? What makes the hero stand out? Uh, for me or just in general? Well, for you and then maybe in general. Um, I, th- I think for me because you want to root for someone who wants to do good. And the villain is always a person that you don't want to be like or you don't want to be friends with. And the hero is someone that will step up to the plate and do what is right for uh, whoever needs it. And I think that's in general... I th- Well, in my opinion, I think in general that's why the hero stands out. Everybody... Everybody wants to see the hero win. Is there such thing in your mind as a righteous villain? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's a it's it's a contrast. I think it's kind of like an oxymoron. Well, when I think of somebody like the righteous villain, I'm thinking of somebody like Springer Bell from The Wire or Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, who aren't literary literary characters mm-hmm. but are still fictional. Uh, constructs mm-hmm. of real life people they do horrible things but they also care about people they also want others in in their community <clears throat> to do well right well i mean i i think that uh as, as far as the whole righteous villain thing i think um for a villain or anyone else there's always redemption um so they even though they've done horrible things they they can have a second chance and do good things instead they can uh, redeem themselves. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Because we always want to believe that people can rise above who they are. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they can redeem themselves if they really want to. They don't have to be a villain forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm so surprised because you like reality TV shows. Not that much. But you like Dateline and you like 2020. Well, it's Dateline and 2020, yes, I do. Informa- I would call it informative television. 
I don't know if I would call it really reality. Well, it's not. C- it's like it's like a documentary it, type of a thing. It's not C-SPAN, babe. No, I know, I would, but of course it isn't C-SPAN. It's different than that. I would consider C-SPAN more informative, but I'm surprised that you like those type of shows, but you haven't watched something like Breaking Bad or The Wire. I don't know. I just never. I never got into those things. I mean, I mean, I got into like SVU and a little bit of Criminal Minds and. Maybe a little bit of CSI, but I never got into Breaking Bad or um, or The Wire, no. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on the shows, because the characters are, are a lot more nuanced than you see on regular TV. Mm-hmm. And if you like stuff that deals with crime, like 2020 or Dateline, yeah. or 48 Hours, mm-hmm. I think that that type of stuff would be right up your alley. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I like those three shows that you mentioned, uh... 2020 Dateline in 48 Hours because it actually does talk about actual true crime stories and I don't even though I don't like reading true crime novels all the time mm-hmm. um, I like hearing about them yeah. in an hour segment or two hour segment Yeah, because it kind of breaks it down and you don't have to hear all the gory details of it yeah yeah. you should check out the book uh, that I just finished reading by um John Henry Brown, mm-hmm. who is Ted Bundy's defense lawyer. Yeah. It was really interesting. He goes into the whole thing about working with Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of background. A few years before him and Te- he and Ted met, yeah. John Henry Brown was dating this lady who was murdered. Wow. And I don't believe that the murderer was ever caught. Wow. She was off at school <clears throat> in another state. Yeah. Somebody murdered her who they think knew her. Mm-hmm. And... For a while after that, he was, like, really, really for the death penalty, and he wanted people to get executed. Mm-hmm. Then he said one night he had a dream. His girlfriend came to him and, and said, listen, don't use my death as an excuse to send other people to their death. And right. he said that that was the inspiration for him to defend people like Ted Bundy. Right. I, I'd really love to get your take on the book. Huh. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll think about it. Yeah. Because I already, I already read um, The Stranger Beside Me already. Great book. Yeah, it is a great book, but very, very creepy. He mentions Anne Rule in this book. Really? At one point, he talks about when Ted is taken into custody in Florida. Ted called uh, John. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good with Walker right now. Okay. Ted called John, and Ted also called Anne Rule. Mm. So she does come up like once or twice in the book. I think her book is a lot better uh-huh. because he didn't have the same relationship with Ted that Anne did. Yeah. But his book is still worth reading. Yeah, I think I think her book is probably better because she she had a relationship that no one else had yeah. with him, and she could explain it more in detail. Um, but I, what is the name of his book again? Uh, I think it's called uh, Defending the Devil or The Devil's the Defender. The Devil's Defense? Or the, the Devil's, Devil's Defender? Defender? Something like that, yeah. The Devil's Defender? I should know. I just read it this morning. Okay. <laughs> well, you could look it up again. I have a horrible memory. I'll look it up at some time, but I think it's like The Devil's Defender, but it wow. is by John Henry Brown. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I may look into it after I'm done with uh, the series. Well, there's also another book I want to read. What's that? Called uh, She Wore Red. You were telling me about this. This yeah. sounds interesting. It is. You do you want to tell <laughs> okay. a little bit more about that right here? Um, so this woman named Rebecca, and I, uh, for life of me, I can't remember. Um, I actually saw her on a couple of shows. She was on uh, 2020, and I think she she was on the Dr. Phil show. And Friends. No. Oh, not Friends. No, not, no, 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 no. Not okay. Friends. No. 
No, she um, left the polygamous cult that was run by Warren Jeffs. And her, I think she took her father to trial because he uh, was forcing her to marry, real, you know, marry young and to marry a much older man. And, it, and these things were happening within uh, the church that she was a part of, within the culture. I think you said the FLDS culture. I think you said something like she was thirteen and she married somebody in his eighties. I don't believe she was thirteen. Okay. But she married somebody uh, really, really old, and she eventually got out of there. And I think the reason why they call it she wore red is because when she was in the courtroom, I think she had to testify against her father. And I could be, I may have gotten the story a little bit mixed up, but. She she wore red and when and before she was in that um, that church she couldn't wear any kind of color except for white I think it was the girls had to wear long white dresses. I'm very excited to read this book because while I don't watch 2020, I do like true crime stuff. Yeah, mostly books. Yeah, yeah. It's called so it's called she wore red because of the dress that she wore at the courtroom by Rebecca somebody. Rebecca somebody, yeah. yeah. Somebody's not. Her and she, person. yeah, and she left the cult, and she ended up marrying. I believe she got married and has uh, children. Do they wear red? I don't know. Okay. Maybe she dresses them in red. Maybe she's like, now she's like all about the color red. We have to find her and ask her. Do you dress your children in red? Yeah. <laughs> Does your husband wear red? Do you wear red all the time? Do you eat ketchup on everything just because it's red? Or jelly. Or jelly. You like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't think jelly's really red, babe. Well, it depends on the jelly, though. It's strawberry jelly. Oh, that's true. Strawberry jelly. I guess that could be red. Do you eat strawberries? What do you eat that's red? Cherry pie. Do you listen to Red Fox albums? (laughs) I'm not familiar, but I like Red Skelton. I I never got into Red Skeleton, but you don't really know about Red Fox? Uh, I, I, I think I heard of him. Yes, I heard of him, but I don't, I'm not familiar with this stuff. Did your parents ever watch Sanford and Son? Uh, I believe I, I saw a few episodes when I was a kid, but I... So Red Fox was the old guy on Sanford and Son, Fred Sanford. Fred Sanford, right, yeah. But Red Fox, he was great on that show. A lot of people like one version of Red Fox, but I like it all. So yeah, yeah. Red Fox, besides for doing that, he was also a famous stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And he released a lot of comedy albums in the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. and 70s. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting about him is when he was coming up in the late 40s, mm-hmm. he worked uh, at a, as a dishwasher in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. other guy was a waiter, and mm-hmm. they used to hang out a little bit. Yeah. The guy went on to become Malcolm X, his co-worker. Oh, wow. And in Malcolm X's autobiography... He talked about, yeah, I was working in this restaurant with this guy. He was always really funny, and his name was Red Fox. <laughs> and I remember when I read that, I'm like, holy shit, the Red Fox and Malcolm X knew each other. That's so cool. Yeah. But in the early 90s, mm-hmm. I want to say around 90 or 91, mm-hmm. he was making this movie with Eddie Murphy called Harlem Nights. Right. And he got into an argument with Della Reese. Oh. You know about Della Reese. Yes, I do. It was a playful argument, but right. Eddie Murphy saw this, thought it was really funny, went back to his trailer, mm-hmm. and wrote a script that became produced as a show called The Royal Family. Wow. So Red Fox shoots The Royal Family. Mm-hmm. It's a huge hit, and something like a month after it premieres, he dies of a heart attack on the wow. set. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting guy. Huh. Really, really cool guy. Uh, well, I, don't, I never met him, but I, I love his work. 
So, you know, maybe she likes Red Fox, too. This, uh, the lady, uh, Rebecca something. Rebecca something, yeah. 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 I cannot remember what her last name was. It's going to drive me crazy. Maybe it's Rebecca Red. It might be Wall. Red Wall. Rebecca Red Wall. No, Rebecca Wall. Wall Red? I don't know. I knew somebody with the last name Wall Red, but it was W-A-L-L-R-A-D. Wall Red. Mm. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We don't need to go into that. No, we don't. Uh, I'm a little bit too sensitive for that. Why? Well, you know, just because Wall Red, Wall Red, different pronunciations. (laughs) Did I even pronounce it different there? I don't know. I think you're analyzing this a little too much. Okay. Even for you. But we'll track down this uh, red character, or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just watch videos of her on YouTube. <laughs> oh. No, I think if you just Google She Wore Red, you'll find out about her. I'm very excited to uh, read the book, and something that has come up within the last week of my life is I am now officially on Bookshare. Yay! So I have access to even more books than I already have Yay. access to. Yeah, Bookshare is a great site. Yeah. It really is. It's, yeah. it's really interesting to me. As a kid, I hated reading mm-hmm. a lot. I always hated reading. I always hated cooking. I hated, you know, walking around and getting fresh air getting fresh and air. exercise. Yep. I didn't eat well. We were like, you know, a fast food family. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a vegetarian I love cooking. Reading is one of my favorite hobbies, and I love spending time outdoors and yep. exercising. Yep. How have you changed since you were a kid? And when I say kid, let's say from the... How have you changed from the time you were 14 to the age you are now? Wow, it's hard to say. Um, I didn't like reading as much. Every time my mom was like, you know, go, go, uh, you know, go do something. Go read a book, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I have to read a book? And... You know, I've been, I, I was always getting books in the mail, and, but now that I've gotten older and, um, you know, I did a lot of reading in college, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like reading now is because of that. Okay. Um, not just because I had to read textbooks, but because um, so many hours could be spent just listening, even if it wasn't, you know, if, even if I wasn't reading a, um, a Braille book uh, with my hands. Um, I love it. Uh, Reading's great. Um, uh, I mean, in general, like, I, I, I didn't like vegetables much as a kid, but I, I love them now. I love them even more now. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I love going on walks, especially if it's, like, a nice day today, which I'm really surprised that it, it, it's really nice. It turned out very cool. Today. It was very beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Especially compared to the rest of the country, what's going on. Oh, I know. The, the, the blanket of snow in the Midwest, and or blankets of snow. Yeah, it's not really a blanket. But well, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of snow. No, 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 but it's like, I always find it weird. They're calling something that is super cool a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just what I wanted, a blanket made a of blanket. snow. A blanket. Yeah. I made of snow. Yes. Yeah. No. I think if it ever snows again this year, I only want it to snow for about a couple of days, and then I want it gone. I hate it. I hate snow. I, I, I like walking in it, but but it's hard if you have to use a cane. Oh, I hate walking in it. Oh. I like walking in it only if I have to walk a little ways. But yeah, I don't even yeah. like that. Wow. I hate, I hate going outside when it's snowing. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. That is something I'm very weak in, mm-hmm. and it's a big, big reason why I no longer live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. 
I think Colorado is an amazing place, but the snow turned me it's off awful. so much. Yeah. 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 I only like, I, that's why I like the Northwest, because even though I thought it was really, really cool when I first experienced snow at 15, um, it, I didn't realize that we don't have a good plowing system. Like, like people in like uh, Boston, right? Boston, or you know Minnesota or Wisconsin or um, Massachusetts or wherever you know there's more snow. So when we don't have any, you know, we don't have a lot of you know a good snowplow system. Everything just seems to stop. And you can't really do a lot if you have like a foot of snow in your yard. You can stay in and oh. watch Netflix maybe, but that's really about yeah, it. Yeah, but then like, I was stuck in the house for a week and I'm like, i got to get out of here. I hate it. I hated that so much. But this winter's been pretty good. I don't think it snowed at all. Well, my landlord was saying that there might be snow next week and I'm like, oh no, really? Yeah, but even if it's snow here... It might be a little bit. It would be probably like an inch of snow. Now, knock on wood, I'm saying that now, and next week we might be snowed in, right? Right. But my theory is if it snows... It's late January. We haven't had a winter of snow, so it might just be like a day. And Maybe a day or two, yeah. Yeah, that's my hope. Yeah. Well, speaking of snow, you, you, we were talking about possibly going skiing, right? The idea had to come up that maybe yeah. we'd go skiing. Yeah, I haven't gone skiing since like 2000. I mean, a long time. I'm not really into skiing, but I love snowboarding. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really want to get into snowboarding. I wasn't really interested in that, but... I heard it was fun. Yeah, I, um, I've i skied before, but snowboarding is more my thing. And I'm not an expert at it. Yeah. But I, I'm i pretty good for somebody who only does it once, a, once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if I really took a winter and did it a few times a week, I wouldn't become somebody who competes, but I'd become somebody who's pretty good on the slopes. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like to get back. I like. I would like to get back into that. Yeah. I haven't done it in so long, and it, it is a workout, but it's really fun. I think workouts are great. It is. When I went swimming. Yeah. On Sunday mm-hmm. for that two hours. Yeah. I hurt the next day. Oh, I'm sure. But it's the good type of pain. Mm-hmm. It's the type of pain that was earned, you know. And yeah. I felt so. So hurt, but also so grateful to have that type of thing. That reminds me of the times where I would go to the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning at school, work out for an hour, and then hurt the next day. Now, the, the first time I went skiing in Mount Hood, I, um, I skied for the two or three hours we were there, and then the next day I was so sore, and I, had to, I still had to lift weights. Yeah. And I was in pain, but it was a good kind of pain. I was actually getting muscles where I, where I was getting muscles. We all got to strive for the you know. good pain. Yeah, we do. Uh, did we I do. interrupt you? No. Okay. I was done. Nice. <laughs> well, I think we should probably wrap this up just so I can tickle you. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say? Uh, uh, anybody tickles me, I tickle them back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. I come back with a vengeance. Everybody pray for my safety. <laughs> All right, along with J-Lo. Rick Hammond. That is it. That is it. Bye-bye.